I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we're talking about personal financial statements. Here with me is audit shareholder, Jared Hardy, actually coming to us live from Grand Island. Jared, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and you know how long you've been with Lutz and what you do? Yeah, Jared Hardy, we primarily play in the audit world and Lutz firm. I've been with the firm for 16 years, spent 12 and a half in Omaha, now three and a half in Grand Island, originally from York, Nebraska. So, you know, get closer to home or whatnot. Went to school in Lincoln and then started to work in Lutz and Omaha. And you know, like I said, been primarily in the audit realm, which means financial statements for businesses typically, but I do quite a few individual personal financial statements that typically it's uh, something the bank likes to see if they have guarantees on debts or anything like that. Let's walk through what a personal financial statement is, because obviously, you know, financial statements from the business perspective, income statement, balance sheet, cash flow statement. But what exactly is a personal financial statement? You indicated the bank sometimes requests it. So what are some situations where you may need one? And then we can talk about if you want one later. Yeah. So typically a bank, if you get a many times it's a business loan, that they uh, have a guarantee as a personal. So they, w- what a personal financial statement really is, is just, hey, what assets do you own? What things do you owe to a bank or credit cards or whatnot? So, you know, really what shows up on it is what you have in the bank, what savings accounts, what 401k, what investments you have, maybe a business that you own, a value, and, you know, some of the things that you owe, well, mortgage on your house, a car loan, anything out there. And it really is a snapshot at a date and it typically is a calendar, but it can be any, you know, usually a month in of, hey, what, what do you own and what do you owe? And basically your overall value that the bank needs to is collateralized for a loan. Because at the end of the day, you're really just trying to determine what their net worth is, right? I mean, that's how yep. you determine is just taking liabilities from the assets. Yep, exactly. And I mean, the other aspect that we see in personal financial statements is estate planning. So as you look towards retirement or, you know, setting up a will or different things like that, they like to know what assets you have out there and what liabilities you have out there. So, you know, unfortunately, if something happens, they know, hey, what things need to be passed along to the next generation or family or whatnot. So I imagine certain circumstances, probably such as my own, it'd be very simple to fill out a personal financial statement. You don't have very many assets and you know where your liabilities are. But on the other end of that, I'm sure there's some pretty complicated, complex financial statements. Are there any situations where you find items to be missed? And is that really why you're called upon to help people fill out personal financial statements? Yeah, I mean, exactly. In situations, that's what's really easy. That's not really hard to miss. But as it becomes more complex and more business ownership or ownership in real estate or different things that are out there, everything becomes more complex, just like a tax return. As you have a W-2 and that's about it, tax returns really easy. But as it gets more complex and adds investments, adds the house, adds different things, well, it's hard to you know track all those things. So we do financial statements quite a bit for business owners that have, you know, complex portfolio. Right. Right. 
Is there any penalty if you miss things on a financial statement when submitting to a bank or what kind of trouble can you get in? No, I mean, really that they're going to want to see all your assets and that's going to help them. And it potentially could help you get a better interest rate or a better loan agreement with a bank. So it's to your benefit to make sure all your assets are on there. And they typically potentially could uh, run a credit check to see if, make sure all the liabilities are handled too. So just like you said, it's, it's really trying to more or less kick the tires and, Hey, what's, what's your value and how much money can they loan you? So if you were trying to make a transaction that's needing the money for a, a loan, you're going to want to try to make your personal financial present really well. And that, that's right. that's typically getting a uh, CPA or an investment advisor. And really, it, it's no uh, what we call assurance that, hey, we're taking the information from the individual or family and putting it on the financial statements and saying, hey, everything that we know of is presented here and it's accounted for. And typically there may be some calculation for income tax that we put on there. And again, it's really to try to present to the bank or estate plan and say, hey, if everything was settled, taxes all paid, how much value is there? So I guess when or who should start, you know, to think about reaching out to a professional to help, you know, to get some help with a personal financial statement. I mean, I know you've kind of alluded to a certain situations, business ownership, large bank loans, but we had a conversation with, oh gosh, I can't remember who it was about taxes. And it's probably a similar, your response is probably going to be similar to when you need to reach out to a professional for help with filing tax return. But do you have any kind of general rules of thumb. So I think the general group of people, the age range of people listening to this, is going to be all over the board, but it's, you know, kids getting out of, getting out of college, people maybe 10 years into their career. So what, what, can, what should they keep in mind? Well, you know, generally I would say any individual should have a, a general understanding of where their personal finances are presented or represented. So, you know, in general, an individual, I would hope that they start tracking of where their retirement's at, what assets they're owning. When it gets to the point of needing it for an outside party, that's typically when a CPA or an investment advisor gets involved with that scenario just for the fact that they, unless you have some compliance type matters or an estate planning, well, it, it does cost a little bit of money to put together a personal financial from a CPA. But, but in general, I would say for kind of that group is it's always good to have, you know, an Excel spreadsheet or just a good tracking mechanism to know where everything's at because the bank may request it. But as it gets way more complex and you have different things going on, it's good to have a good starting base for a CPA to jump in and be able to present that quick because banks typically, like I said, guarantees of debt is the most common scenario that we get requests for personal financial statements. Sure. And I guess, again, you mentioned using different tools like an Excel spreadsheet to track your assets or liabilities, but do you have, are there any other recommendations that you have for things people can use? I know that we talked to Joe Donovan about budgeting uh, and he mentioned, you know, about doing a quarterly net worth assessment, which essentially would just be looking at your own personal financial statements. And he said he uses an Excel spreadsheet, very easy, but is there anything else that you you see people use once it starts to become more of a complicated process? You see some individuals and it's depending on, you know, how tech savvy somebody is, but QuickBooks, Quicken, different programs like that. It seems like a lot of the banks are starting to get more advanced and being able to track assets even beyond of normal savings or checking accounts. You know, one aspect that 
typically the business owners, you got to value the business. So there has to be some mechanism for that. So it's part of like our M&A group that does business valuations. There's typically, they can provide you some sort of rough calculation to say, hey, if you plug this number in, this is typically what your value. And that really plays into what you call a multiple or different things to say, hey, if your net income was this, your multiple is five, you take net income times five. And that's that's probably where we're leaning more towards it. As it gets more complex, they have a business in there. Well, it's not always exactly what the, the book numbers say of what your value or equity is. It's, hey, something else, because you may have a fair value or a multiple that that, that business is valued more than what it is. And that's that's what the bank or estate plan is going to want to see of what true value you have. Got it. It might get into a little story time here. I don't know if you have any, and obviously you can spare the details of, of who or what or how, but have you ever gotten in situations where you've helped people find personal financial statements because they need a loan or whatever their reasoning is, and, and it comes out with, with results that they maybe didn't quite want or expect? You know, yeah, I, I've been involved with some of those situations, and it really plays into the individual not doing the quarterly assessment or whatnot and understanding of where they're at. You know, a lot of times in those scenarios is they're not understanding what true value their business is. Typically an entrepreneurial type spirit, the biggest investment or retirement asset they have is their business value. It seems like a lot of times, especially in the startup scenario, they don't have a retirement plan. They don't have savings. They don't have lot of those things because they're truly investing right back into the business and their biggest asset is the business. So that's that's a surprising piece of it in understanding of what your business value is and what your overall individual net worth plays into. I think that's the, the biggest thing I think I've seen in surprising of, oh, I thought my business was worth $3 million. Well, reality, it was worth 500000 Got it. You see that sometimes being the people that maybe haven't been utilizing financial statements from the business perspective as soon as they should or as thorough as they should. Well, let's get into that then. Let's talk about the you know business side of, of financial statements because if business value is going to be a large piece of someone's asset, li- you know, asset list for their personal financial statement, when should someone be you know working on their business's financial statements right away? I mean, again, we go back to when should they look for help for with those? Yeah, no. No, that's a great question. I mean, that that's probably the biggest piece and the biggest value that a, a LUTs would provide is helping them get their QuickBooks in order and make sure everything is presented as it should. Because we we many times get clients to come in the door and have a misconception of what their business and how it operates and that. And just getting their QuickBooks in order to be able to present and you know do truly monthly financials and quarterly financials. Because there's a lot of times that business owners, they rely on what cash they have in the bank, but that doesn't tell the whole story of, hey, what you build and how much, how many invoices and how many things you owe. Well, you got to look at that and you can't, in my mind, I always recommend to clients you don't do it at the middle of the month. You, you always do it at the end of the month or quarterly and make sure everything's in QuickBooks or whatever accounting software so, so the earlier, the better. There's going to be cost, but it's always good to come in and talk with us at Lutz just to, hey, get a baseline just so you know when, hey, you can handle it up to this point. But once you get a certain size, you're going to need some more assistance. And Lutz is always 
wanting people to come in just to talk through that with people. Right. Well, and at the end of the day too, Lutz or, you know, whoever your accountant is, hopefully is able to sit down and, and tell you which dials need to be adjusted to, to make sure that, you know, your statements are showing as you actually think they are. And then it's, you know, really probably up to the business owner to translate that into what they need to change in the process and their product and their personnel to make that reflect on the financial statements. I had a conversation with Ron a few months ago, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, but he was talking about an individual that he knew that was running a business and wasn't quite doing job costing as, as accurately or, or specific as they should. And, you know, obviously, like you said, just going off of the cash in the bank. But when you take that compared to the amount of time that it was taking jobs to be completed and really seeing some of the inefficiencies, it, it presented itself in, in a way that, you know, there's obviously opportunity for improvement. Do you, how often do you see that? I mean, I, I'm assuming you're going to say quite often, but how willing are people to take that recommendation when, you know, Jared, you don't know my business. You don't have the personal hands-on. You don't know what it takes to make a dollar here. Do you have any, any examples of that? Yeah, no, you see that quite often, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, people don't see the value in some of those professional service scenarios. They they see it more of, hey, my tax return, I can go get an H&R block or somewhere else for $250. Well, they don't see that extra value. You may charge $700, but we're one to help and try to help you make more money and say, hey, we can job cost or we can do different pieces and help you understand of how to bid some of your, you know, sound like a construction company in your example and just help them and say, Hey, you have, these are the costs and you need to be able to do this much work to even break even. And it's some of those discussions that, you know, having the professional service, a CPA uh, attorney and a banker are so important that I think new businesses and individuals that are starting up that need these personal financials, it really plays into getting some of those people in place because you don't have those people. You don't have a full understanding and different things that you need as you grow your business. Right. And that that's, I mean, you, you know, you touched on the professional services, accountant, attorney, banker, and how important those are. And that that's something that comes up repeatedly over and over again. We've had conversations with individuals talking about, you know, what to do with a startup, how to successfully run your own business. And, and at the end of the day, it's about surrounding yourself with people that can provide insight that you maybe don't have or shouldn't need to have because you're better at your what your business does and need to allow the other people around you to provide some advice. So it sounds like really at the end of the day, the financial statements are are the scoreboard, for lack of a better term, that you need to keep an eye on. And, and as soon as something, you know, you need some help from someone to read those and understand them and tell you, hey, this isn't quite looking how you want it to. We need to make some changes, huh? Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a great point of view of that piece of it. And, you know, we, we were talking about uh, what I call the snapshot, the balance sheet of your assets and liabilities. I mean, if you really wanted to, you can expand to have a income statement or basically your, hey, how do you make money and what are your expenses? and have your footnotes to that. Typically, you don't see that as much, but if you had more co complex situation and you wanted a little more information or your bank wanted more information, then that's the way to do it. And you alluded to a lot of great things. It's like estate planning is probably the other big piece that it really helps to get involved and know your value of your business just for the fact of knowing your quarterly check-in of what your self-worth is. Uh, so you can plan accordingly. So as you get yourself leveraged or as you're 
trying to work your way or increase your value of business, that's ultimate goal is to truly increase your value, um, typically for an entrepreneurial spirit, but you have to understand what things or what drivers can increase that value. Like I said, most of those are business owners that, you know, need to understand how to make that value increase. And that's, that's part of our M&A or business valuation group typically helps in that aspect. Right. And I'm sure a lot of times to try and increase value, people like to look at the revenue generating side of the equation when a lot of it, like we just talked about the job costing side of it, that that's probably forgotten about. I was just thinking personally, at some point I'd like to obviously own a house, maybe a, maybe a house or two, maybe, you know, rent a house, of course, who knows when or how that, that could happen. But not only business owners probably need to be diligent with their expenses, but but individuals do too. I, I was thinking the scenario of owning a house and renting it out, you might just look at the re- the revenue side, the rent that you're getting from that. But what about the gas it took you to drive to that house to check on the gutters and pull the leaves out of the gutters and the lime? I mean, it, you can probably get pretty crazy with the costing side of this stuff, I bet, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of what you talked about with Joe Donovan with the uh, the budgeting. I mean, that's some aspect that in a you know investment advisor or whatnot that we have is to really help you understand of your ins and outs and how do you grow your portfolio. And it could really just be on a retirement side or, hey, you're making choices of buying a house and what's the mortgage and how's that interest rate and how are you going to pay that off? And hey, does that make sense to have that in a car payment? Well, you know, it's that overall understanding. And, you know, I I hate to say it, but I see too many people out there that they make those decisions on how much money they have in the bank. And well, then they get themselves kind of in a hard spot and play into how much you use your credit card and all those different things. Well, it all plays back into when do you want to do and how's your retirement and what age do you want to retire and what are you putting away and how are you accumulating assets? And it's all those things that go into a personal financial statement. And like I said, it, it comes down to keeping track of that and knowing what your house value is and what mortgage you have and what retirement, you know, the big pieces in that. And you utilize all the different online investment accounts and Zillow and some different things like that to see a value or Kelly Blue Book for the car value. And, you know, it, it's really just keeping track of those things periodically. Right. Do you use anything for budgeting purposes? I know this isn't quite related to our topic, but do you use anything specific or just Excel or? Yeah. I mean, I'm a typical accountant and like to track it some way, somehow. I know there's other peers and lots that use QuickBooks. Yeah. I just have a pretty normal Excel and I know my ins and outs and my monthly expenses and, you know, track all the different assets I have and, you know, through estate planning and like to make sure we update those things periodically. And, you know, as a girl family and whatnot, and seven to nine-year-old that I, I look out for and with estate planning and those pieces as those change, those are probably another thing that you check with your attorney every five years because your assets and all those things change. And I basically go back to my Excel spreadsheet and say, hey, yeah, wait a sec, we forgot about this policy. I have life insurance here and different things like that. Got it. Well, do you have any other resources or any other thoughts you'd like to leave us with today? No, I, I think it's just 
understanding of what you what assets and everything you have and then if you have questions i, I recommend reaching out to uh, your professional service providers and just ask these type of questions i mean that's the piece that we're out there to provide services like that and you know we're always willing to field calls and just talk through that and what what the need is and what tools we have to support those needs awesome well, I appreciate it, Jared. It's good, good talking to you. Hopefully, we can maybe do this another time over a beer or something, and <laughs> and you know, get real excited and, and theatrical about the conversation. So, no, I appreciate it. Good talking to you. Yeah, thanks, Jack. All right, see ya. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light. <laughs>